China is a very active economy where you actually don't have as much support from the government as many people think. China is not so crazy when it comes to pumping money into the economy. People often reject to believe what they don't understand or what scares them. With Dragonfolio China, you have the unique chance to truly understand a frequently misconceived country and an inevitable shift in the 21st century. Just lean back and enjoy a fascinating journey through China that will astonish and reward you. Nimenhau guys and welcome to the next episode of the Dragonfolio China podcast. My name is Eric and today I want to talk about a very interesting development in China that could be observed lately and that is basically the rebirth of the Wender economy where millions of Chinese started to go on the streets not to demonstrate obviously but to make business by setting up street stalls. The reason behind this is that China's government encouraged people to do that because, well, they know that the economy is facing a few challenges, especially in urban areas. You have a high risk of unemployment for many people. You have a certain undeniable downturn. And so they thought, hey, we have to take certain measures. We have to find solutions to cope with that. And one way that they kind of suggested was to go on the streets again and to sell stuff to simply stimulate the economy. And some of you might wonder and say, hold on, prior to the virus, it was pretty much the same, no? Not really. Many people imagine China being a country where you walk through the streets and you find a lot of street vendors all the time, selling everything next to the street, animals, food, toys, fake goods and so on. Not really. Modern China is not really like this. There are barely such places anymore. You have a few markets which are um, yeah, at, at particular places and you still find a few night markets at some places depending on the province a bit but it's not really like back in the day anymore. And frankly speaking I was almost a bit disappointed in this regard when I arrived in China for the first time realizing that there are barely good places for these kind of yeah street stalls that you hardly find any night markets like I was used to it in Southeast Asia and in Taiwan. In China all of this has been very strictly regulated within the past two decades especially for hygiene reasons to make the city cleaner more organized and so a lot of the street vendors simply disappeared. And this applies especially to the uh, first tier cities such as Shanghai, Beijing, Shenzhen. You actually don't see this anymore. So what happens now is that you partly go back to the old tradition of the uh, street vendor economy. Because once this suggestion was made, a lot of people actually went out literally went out and yeah started the um, open air stalls again they bought micro vans they bought all kinds of vehicles whatever infrastructure is necessary to set up your own stall outside and sell whatever you can sell that means maybe it's already a profession 
or you start a new business. That is uh, more or less what you could observe uh, within the last week. And yeah, also in China, it was a big topic in on social networks. I'm not even sure if the government really anticipated this huge interest and such a boom for the uh, winter economy. And of course, there are also a lot of jokes made that uh, this is basically now the only reliable way to make money. And uh, yeah, you have to understand that people in China actually love the street culture, but it hardly existed anymore. And, you know, these days with smartphones and with awesome food delivery apps, it became more and more common for some people, especially the younger generation, to just stay in to just, um, yeah, um, stay stay at home, uh, play smartphone, play computer games or do whatever they like and not really go out that much anymore because you have to understand that the offline shopping experience is maybe not as interesting anymore as it used to be back in the day. So yeah, that's basically the story behind this and I think it's interesting to analyze this a bit and think about what does it tell us about China I think there's there are two very interesting aspects to this and two very positive aspects. One is that you clearly see that if there's an opportunity in China, people will basically do everything possible to seize this opportunity. If I would imagine this kind of thing would happen in Germany, then the first thing would happen is that a lot of people would scrutinize this decision. They would sue probably the street vendors. They would complain. They would examine the laws, whether it's even possible. And it would be a huge deal, a huge mess up. In China, most people see it very positively in the first place and they see the upside. So they think, okay, let's do that. And don't get me wrong, maybe this entire movement now it's a total fail it might be right because who knows where this undertaking is really so awesome for the economy maybe it makes the entire situation worse in the worst case a lot of people are investing money which they never get any returns on but that is not what chinese would think they would think that's a it's a great chance to make money to stimulate our economy and if it fails, after all, then, okay, I have at least tried it. So this attitude towards opportunity to see the upside rather than the downside is very typical for Chinese mentality. The second very interesting aspect, which I see as a advantage for China, is the huge alignment. And with this, I mean that it is not just that a lot of people straight try to become street vendors or something like this, but the entire country is somewhat supporting it. And I'll give you an example. The big companies such as Alibaba and JD, they also see this and they think, okay, how can we participate? How can we benefit, of course? And so now they're providing a lot of infrastructure. They're giving away free loans. They are encouraging businesses even to collaborate with them. Needless to say, this is not because they are a charity organization. They want to make money too. But you have this kind of alignment that everyone 
somehow works into the same direction. They have different individual targets, sure, but once such a movement is triggered, it's amazing to see how such a large-sized country actually can find a common lane and one direction to kind of make this opportunity happen, to make it a success. And certainly there's also, yeah, there are also people who are negatively influenced by this development. Uh, it might be serious competition for some business. The air might become worse or it might become more noisy. But the uh, overall attitude is that if it helps the entire economy, perhaps, then I'm also okay to give away some personal comfort Maybe even some personal, I lose some personal profit um, or literally money. But if it helps the overall good, then I'm okay with it. Or I try to find my own new way instead of just complaining or suing or yeah, trying to swim against this stream, this trend. And that is so important because when you implement other things in China such as, let's say, a digital currency, then there's also a much higher likelihood that people accept this currency and without questioning everything and at least give it a try, which is very important, especially in our future world where we have to accept new technologies, new ways of living, of communication, of socializing, of infrastructural solutions. And that is where I see a huge advantage for China simply because of their attitude towards new trends and new methods and changes in general, actually. That's not to say, however, that there are no disadvantages at all. And the big risk that I see in such a particular example is that China is following sometimes very blindly so in this case it's not even like the government imposes to build up street stores right it's not like they force people to do that it was merely a suggestion or basically they lift the ban that was formally imposed so they say hey maybe you might consider to putting up street stalls again we are fine with it in most places actually right so in this case, a lot of people without maybe even thinking whether it's a good idea for themselves, they follow this kind of suggestion very quickly because they know in China you cannot afford to wait. Either you do it or you don't. But anyway, a lot of people went straight for it. And um, yeah, of course, it might not be such a great idea for everyone. And why? Well, I think the idea of the Chinese government initially was to help people who have maybe already been street vendors in the past or have suitable businesses who might have a hard time right now to sell their stuff somewhere. And they kind of encourage them to go on the street, they have more visibility and they have other opportunities to sell. And also, of course, you always had some illegal street vendors as well, which kind of operated in the dark. And they say, hey, guys, just go and do your business. We need this for our economy. 
But of course, there are also a lot of other people who never have even thought about this opportunity and they do the same now because it's such an automatic flow and because they kind of, yeah, there's a huge trust in the government. So they believe if the government makes these kind of suggestions, it must be very smart and good. So they just, yeah, follow this. And again, it might not be such a smart idea for everyone because you have to invest as well. You have to buy equipment, you have to buy infrastructure, and of course you have to buy uh, goods, uh, whatever it is, to actually sell something. And a lot of people, they take loans. And uh, yeah, of course, um, Alibaba and so on, they offer free loans now to kind of um, yeah make business with the people, to make them becoming business partners. And first of all, it sounds, that sounds good, right? But it isn't good for everyone to maybe put up debt for a idea or for a target that is not so great. So I also see a certain risk here for some people who might not really have thought well about whether it's a good idea for them or not. Some people, they are maybe just about to apply for a job or they are bored and they have some free time, they have some, uh, yeah, they have some capacity basically And now they do this kind of business, but they might rather lose money and not help themselves, their family or everyone around them. And there will be this kind of people, that's for sure. Um, so this is certainly a, a downside that we should keep in mind. And it can also be applied to other situations in China where people smell the opportunity, smell the money. But because of this pressure to be very quick, To, yeah, I mean, in China, no one does a business plan, right? They just go for it because of this pressure and uh, rushing to the to the objective, rushing to the rushing to the implementation. It can also happen that you have really poor results, and yeah, I think this should also be mentioned. And of course, there have also been cases where people kind of crossed the line because it wasn't really like you could just set up your street stall everywhere. Just because the, I think it was the prime minister of China who suggested that. Um, and of course, there are a lot of illegal behaviors as well. And especially in cities like Beijing, you cannot just freely operate. And uh, a few days afterwards, everyone realized it's not that easy because Beijing said, whoa, 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 we are Beijing. We can find our own solutions. Don't mess up our city. So in Beijing, they kind of um, pushed back and uh, yeah, a lot of windows actually disappeared afterwards. I had to move. So it's not that easy, but there are a lot of places like especially second and third tier cities where you have a huge boom right now and there are a lot of people selling their stuff. Whether it helps the economy or not, well, we will maybe see and know in a few months. And uh, I'm really curious how this all works out. It's definitely very interesting. Some additional thoughts and facts that I have. Um, first of all, how serious is the situation in China? Well, it's not easy to say. There's definitely a huge negative impact. And there are two impacts from the coronavirus. One is the straight impact because a lot of people might lose their jobs, at least temporary. There are predictions that around 30 million people in China are going to lose their jobs this year due to the uh, pandemic. 30 million people is a lot, even in China. China has a workforce of around 800 million people. So 30 million would be 
around four percent, right? So that's definitely yeah, that's that's um, a severe number. But as always, you cannot be sure whether it really happens that tremendously, and of course whether those thirty million people maybe find other jobs or not. The second smash for China is certainly that Europe and America are doing much worse than China right now. And China is still very depending on exports and on the economic situation in other parts of the world. So there might be, or very likely, there's a flashback from those markets as well, which also lead to less revenues for China and certain negative impact on their economic situation. But overall, you can say that China is certainly on a, on a good way. You see this with the capacity. And I know a lot of people don't believe what Chinese uh, figures tell you. But if you just listen to Westerners who are in China, they pretty much confirm this. So it's not just because I, you read these numbers somewhere. You can just open your eyes, um, look how, how the traffic is, how the emissions are, how the output of factories is and so you can say that China yeah is is on a on a good way again but we don't really know about the exact consequences okay so what should you take away from this episode i think first of all it's important that you learn that opportunity in china is always seen as a very important thing and it's in their it's in the Chinese mentality. Chinese are super creative and flexible when it comes to seizing opportunities. And especially the creativity is interesting because we often think that Chinese lack of creativity. And as I mentioned in previous episodes, there are certain types of creativity and one capability that most Chinese have and which I always admire them for is the flexibility and adaptability they can handle situations extremely well they can adjust very quickly and that is just another proof of yeah how chinese can deal with situations and also one of the reasons why they handle the virus so well in the end the second thing that you definitely should keep in mind and that's a enormous advantage for the entire nation of china especially looking at the future and that is that Despite their size, China or Chinese are always somewhat working to the same direction. Sure, you have a lot of corruption, you have a lot of fraud in China and you have people following and pursuing their own goals. But Chinese have this kind of goal that every single day is a chance to make their own lives better and also make China a better place. And with this overall benefit in mind, to make China more prosper, to grow, you basically experience what we already see for decades in China and what is going to continue in the future. And that is China's overall rise and China's increasing power. And many people believe that China now has reached a stage where it's going to be extremely difficult for China to further develop and that's absolutely nonsense of course there there will be there will be really hard times for China as well it's not like it's just a smooth steady incline 
but after all china is going its way and even a crisis like now you can see actually that china is is coping with this um rather good than bad and that they might even um yeah be be a winner in some in some areas and so i see it as a huge advantage especially for future technologies because ai the connectivity internet of things in general all these trends also require a certain commitment from the population in order to be successful and here i see a significant advantage over other parts of the world where you have more skeptical people who make it much harder to really make progress in this field and who might rather break or slow down the trend rather than accelerating it. The internet was a good example for this. People did not really exploit the internet in China until they really know they can do it. Because the government in the beginning wasn't sure really how would they judge the user of the internet. Should they be fine with it? Should they kind of restrict it more? But once they gave a clear okay, people became crazy about the internet, about businesses, about the entire digital universe that is related to the internet and that can be um, yeah, everything that can basically be achieved by using the internet. And now you see that China is one of the global leaders for a very good reason. And the last and third learning from this example of the street vendors, I haven't really mentioned it explicitly in this episode though, but is that China is a very active economy where you actually don't have as much support from the government as many people think. China is not so crazy when it comes to pumping money into the economy. Sure, there have been years where they, for instance, they heavily funded the real estate boom and where they also, well, they didn't really intervene with the heavy debt that was um, yeah, created in a lot of places. Sure, that happened. But overall, if you look how businesses and people are basically operating and how the government kind of um, positions itself to that. You see that people in China, they have to rely pretty much on themselves because there's not that much support. Now the government in this particular case say, hey, you should go on the streets perhaps and sell your stuff. But that's pretty much it. There are not a lot of stimulus programs there's not a lot of support for particular businesses there are some loans given but it's it's more the banks it's not really that the government will come up with huge programs like you have it in other places and that people can say okay if i fail then well the government will be there and, and help me up again no it's not like this china is way more capitalism than we often think and you have all the opportunities like now, you have this chance to make a lot of money. But it's not like there's a clear guidance or that you're going to have so much support. And this is also what I heard from a lot of Westerners in in China, which are, they're not street vendors, obviously, but they're working for large companies. They said, actually, they have very little support from the government in dealing with the situation. This is why they also say in a lot of cases, they just had to lay off people. There's no other solution 
there are no like uh, special programs for this where you um, have the opportunity to make people working less or or stay at home and have a lot of ways to handle this no it's basically you're really responsible for yourself and a lot of companies as well you saw this when the stock market in china crashed in 2016 i think it was 2016 where the government just said okay if this happens it happens we don't help all the companies and some people and companies they fail along the way and that's okay and that is i think super interesting if you observe this a bit then you realize that china is way less socialist and communist than a lot of people claim until today and that the government in some areas is not really supporting people and economy it's no comparison to some western countries where you have a totally different social system that also helps you with a lot of economic issues and that is interesting and we should uh, keep this in mind because it also helps us to understand the uh, Chinese economy and their behavior a bit better. So the takeaways, opportunity, alignment and self-reliance. This is what is typical for China and what can also be easily observed right now with this interesting street vendor renaissance. And I'm curious how these things gonna turn out. Maybe there's another second episode where I talk more about the outcomes in a few months. I'm curious anyways. And uh, with that, yeah, thanks for listening. And I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Dragonfolio China podcast. As you've kept listening until now, I assume you enjoyed the show and would appreciate a five-star rating on your podcast app, which allows other folks to learn about this important topic as well. For more fascinating insights into China and for easy ways to benefit, make sure to visit the website at dragonfolio.net and sign up for the free newsletter.